Thank you for giving the men's choir a hand. We're glad to see these guys up here singing. And as uh, Jeff made the announcement last week, anybody who would, any men who would like to sing in the men's choir, you only have to have a master's degree in music. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and <laughs> if you want to serve the master in music is what I meant to say. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Fran, for playing. I think Janet's going to be playing too. But let's stand, shake hands. If you see somebody who you think's a visitor, let them know you're glad to see them here. Let's do that right now. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming as, uh, as this summer winds down and as the year winds down. Thank you for your faithfulness to the church. And uh, at this time, Chris Clayton, one of our deacons, is going to come lead us in our opening prayer. Looks a little bit like Johnny Cash today, doesn't he? Dressed in black. And in black. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this building that we can come and gather as a church body God we just thank you for each individual that come out this morning God just be with our hearts prepare us for worship through songs through prayer through uh, worshiping you just be with Herbert as he shares your word God just be with our Sunday school class God just be with us to uh, open up to each other and and be a neighbor and uh, just to respond in an active faith God just thank you for uh, your son Jesus Christ who came and died and and, uh, and you sacrificed him for us. God, just thank you to, for the path of salvation. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Look, I know, again, that you can read, want to point some things out. To, uh, this afternoon, we're right 11 until 1. There's a spaghetti lunch and uh, silent auction. This is a youth fundraiser. And this money will go to a missionary who's serving in the Himalayan mountain range that they met at Snowbird uh, Camp. And they're going to be raising this to send money for him to purchase a truck to be able to communicate some of the churches, I think, if I remember correctly, some of the groups that he serves are as much as 60 miles apart. So uh, if you would like to support that, you're welcome to do that. Tonight at 6, the evening worship will be at the home of Ronnie and Jan Bowes. And just ask you to bring some dessert. Ronnie and Jan will be preparing some barbecue sandwiches for us. Tuesday night, I've been asked to remind you, the men's Kingdom Man Bible study will begin at 7 o'clock. That's in the multipurpose room. If you didn't sign up yet, that's okay. Just show up at 7 o'clock Tuesday night in the multipurpose room. Wednesday night, the kids in praise will practice in the sanctuary, and the adult Bible study will be in the fellowship hall, followed by the uh, adult choir service. We've received uh, choir practice. We've received thank you cards from Wendy Walker and her family, and also from the Peggy uh, Harris family. Please notice the inserts in your bulletin. The missions night, as school gets back, get started again, so will some of our missions activities that we have during the school year. And on um, September the 7th, that uh, Wednesday night at 6.30, there'll be an ice cream social down in the fellowship hall for all of the missions group. Also on the back of, excuse me, also notice in the bulletin there is a yard sale that will be held uh, on October the 7th. Uh, and, if, and if you would like to bring uh, supplies for that, the Faith Sunday School class is doing this. And the money that will be raised is going to go to My Life Matters and also to Storage Creek Elementary School. So this is just a good way that we can, we can support one of our schools and also one of the local ministries. Uh, the Tissues of Love ministry for the high school teachers 
and the September calendar and birthday list, and also notice that live screening will be back at our church again on October the 6th. On the back of your bulletin, notice uh, some very important dates. Next Sunday, at the end of the 11 o'clock service, we will have a service of baptism. Uh, the following Sunday, two weeks from today, the KIPP, the Kids in Praise, will be presenting a musical at both the services. Uh, the Women's Prayer Group will meet on Monday, September the 12th, and the annual church picnic, fall church picnic, will be September the 24th at Olive Hill. Please, please, by all means, put that, uh, put that on your uh, calendar. And the monthly and quarterly devotionals are here. They're at the front of the church and also in the back. We encourage you to pick some of those up. This morning, there's a lot of folks that we need to add to the prayer list. So first of all, let me give you the ones that we need to add that are not on there. Earl Humphreys has been admitted into Duke Regional Hospital. He was admitted last night, and they're running a lot of tests, so please remember Earl. Also, uh, Wiley Emmert's sister, Brenda Dickerson, will have a heart catheterization done at Rex Hospital in Raleigh on Friday. And Larry Honeycutt has asked us to remember his uncle, Rudolph Best, who is in Wake Med in Raleigh also. At Person Memorial, uh, Gene Clayton and Stephanie Wade, they both have gone home. Uh, Gene was in the hospital over the week. Uh, Stephanie Wade is Tim Wade's sister. She was there also, but they've both gone home. Please remember Mr. Melton, John Melton at the VA. Uh, at Duke, Liz Cole, Jackie Honeycutt will have surgery tomorrow at Duke. And continue to remember Felipe Fortin, uh, who had the heart transplant. Uh, Mark Oakley will have surgery Friday at North Carolina Specialties Hospital. Please remember um, both Jan Bowes and Faye Carver. They both had biopsies done this week. Uh, please remember Doug and Linda Carver. And I know that it's good with Doug for me to share this with you, uh, his last report, his cancer is spreading again, and they're going to start him on a new uh, chemotherapy pill. Uh, he'll begin that, I believe, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, so please, please pray for the effectiveness of this new chemo. Uh, also at home, Weldon Bowes, uh, Elma Clayton, Todd Clayton, who has taken radiation treatments, Mary Alice Clayton, Penny Crabtree, Helen Hackler, uh, we had several folks that had surgery this past week. Uh, Carly Hawkins, Arlene Hutchins, uh, Donna Wilburn, uh, Barbara Suit. All these folks had surgery, and they are back at home. Uh, also, I, I think I've got this right, that Nancy Neville will have surgery on Tuesday. Please remember her. Uh, Linda Lowry, that is uh, the Briggs. She was Briggs family's sister. Please remember her. She's been undergoing some tests. Alton Reeves at home, Danny Poole, uh, Tina Ratsliff. We've been asked to add Tanya Hood, who is um, uh, Laura Gentry's daughter. Kent Watson had some scans done this week. Please remember him. Charles Westbrook, uh, Barbara Winstead, uh, Teresa Woody, who is here but who had surgery last week, uh, week before. Texie Wren at home. This, this, um, kidney transplant that's going to be done. John C. Perkins has donated a kidney to Andy Schrader, and we didn't know the date, but the last word I heard that it will be done tomorrow. So please remember those folks in prayer, and please remember the families that lost loved ones this past week, Gary Harris family and the Julian Suttle family. One of the most important things I think we do on a Sunday morning is lift others up in prayer. So let's do that right now, okay? Father, we are grateful, Lord, that you hear our prayers. Father, thank you that you hear the prayer of the youngest child to the oldest adult. God, I thank you that, Lord, even before the words reach our lips, you know who we're trying to bring before you. And God, sometimes we feel uncomfortable, especially praying in public, and sometimes we even feel uncomfortable just coming before you because we're all reminded of what great sinners we are. But, Lord, we just thank you that you, you encourage us to come before your throne of grace in prayer. God, we pray for those that will have surgeries this coming week, that you will bless them and other tests. We pray for 
Doug Carver as he starts his new chemotherapy that you might bless him. God, we pray for your healing hand upon those that had surgeries this past week. And God, I, I lift up to you not only the physical needs, but Lord, surely in our hearts and minds there are many emotional needs. And Father, there's needs within our marriages and within our families. There's needs within this church. And God, I just pray that we would lift all these things up to you and ask you to bless. And God, we just thank you for your faithfulness to us. Please bless the children and, and, and teachers and administrators and staff members at school and the public school as they begin tomorrow and the charter and private schools and home schools that have already begun. God, please keep our young people safe. And God, please help them as they grow in wisdom. They'll grow also in knowledge of your son. Bless this service this morning. May we give you all the praise and honor and glory. And as we pray together, we remember the prayer that your son taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And our verse of the month of August has come from Galatians 6, 9. Let's read this together. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. At this time, I'm going to ask our younger children to come forward for our children's moment. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. I'm sure that you couldn't hear it in the back, um, but today at at Person High, they're going to do a prayer walk at two o'clock, and that's open to anybody and everybody who'd like to come. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Dee. Uh, I meant to write it down this week, but I did not. But that's at 2 o'clock, and if you'd like to go to that, please feel free to do that. Thank you. 
school's not going to take seriously that he had his house with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, y'all have a good week at school this week. I want you to tell me next week how it went, okay? All right. Okay. But we'll be praying for you that everything will go good, okay? So let me say a prayer for you, okay? Dear Jesus, thank you for the children that are not only a part of our church, but, Lord, for all the children. Many of them start school this year, and we just pray, Father, that you would help them to know that you are going to be with them. Thank you, Lord, for all the teachers and school staff that are going to be taking care of them and teaching them. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll keep them in your care and that this will be a wonderful year for them. And just thank you again, Lord, that you're with us every day, whether we're at school or church or at home or wherever we are. Bless our children, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. When we have somebody that does something for the first time, uh, Christy Long has been playing the piano, but this is the first time she's played the church, church organ. And so just want you to know that, encourage her. Uh, when we gave out the nominating committee form, she wrote on there, I, if I can learn how to play the organ, I'll play it. And so she's trying her best. And so... And she didn't know I was going to do this, but we thank you very, very much. We really do. And Steve Evans is going to come lead us in, in our, our hymn. Thank you. All right, let's everybody get a hymnal in term to hymn number three, Worthy of Worship. The stand and sing. Brian, would you lead us in this prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, we had a good personality Friday and Saturday.
stay cool and drink lots of water and Bible. We're just so thankful. We bring this to your storehouse in your times and honor. Those are God's storehouse. Yes, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian.
turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be continuing this study on God's amazing grace. And as you're turning to that, and of course it will be on the overhead, uh, give me just a moment before we get started. I, I just want to share a couple things with you, okay? Uh, we begin our new church year this Thursday, September the 1st. That's the way it's always been. The church year runs, not the fiscal year, but the church year runs September the 1st uh, through um, August 31st. This past Wednesday night, we voted and approved the nominating committee report. And uh, if you didn't get a copy of this last Sunday, um, there's some up here at the front. Um, but first of all, I want to thank all of you for volunteering to work in this church and, in essence, to work for the Lord. Uh, when I was in seminary, one of the things that stuck with me was that everybody except the paid staff is a volunteer. And the professor said, appreciate your volunteers, and I promise you that I do appreciate you and the many hours that you give to the church. We've still got some needs that I want to quickly mention. Uh, we're going to need more nursery workers at both the 8.30 and the 11 o'clock service. We're going to need more children's church workers. Now, children's church is at the 11 o'clock service. Instead of the younger children coming into the sanctuary, they just go into younger children's church, and they're there for the whole hour. And then we have another group, kids worship, which is the older children. They come into the sanctuary, and right before the sermon, they, they, they go out and they meet uh, beginning at around 1130. And beginning next Sunday for a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, forms that you can, you know, you can volunteer to serve in the nursery at the 830 or the 11 o'clock service or the children's church and the kids' worship. Uh, please pray for everyone who has volunteered to serve. A lot of committees, different ministries, uh, teachers. I hope you pray for your Sunday school teachers and small group teachers, the leaders, and the church, the deacons, please, please pray. And if you haven't volunteered yet, uh, I want to encourage you to get involved. Um, I can tell you this until I'm blue in the face, but until you experience it, you probably have a hard time believing it. There's a great joy in serving the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. in a local church. And I'm not saying that just because I'm the pastor and I'm, I, am, I am paid, so to speak, but we want to ask you to stop being a spectator and be a participant. Amen. And, um, you know, I heard some very wise person say that the church is the only group that sends the coach out on the field and the players stay on the bench. Now, think about Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, uh, that's what you say in South Carolina. But, folks, we want to get you involved, Okay. And please take this Sunday school teachers and nursery workers, especially if you work with the children in the nursery or as a Sunday school teacher, please be prepared. Please be on time. Matter of fact, uh, if you could come, if you're with the children or in the nursery, if you could come a little bit early so that parents that are dropping their children off in the nursery or in your Sunday school class, that will make them feel safe and comfortable that a teacher is there. And this is for all of the teachers. If you can't make it on your schedule Sunday, please make sure that someone is there to teach. And again, especially for the children's classes. One committee that uh, we want you to know is here in the church. It, is, it used to be called the Cancer Support Ministry Committee. And originally it began as, a, as just for cancer patients and their families. But... The nominating committee, as well as that committee, wanted to extend that to not only cancer support, but illness support. And we want you to know that there is a committee in the church that would like help provide help and support during long-term illnesses, provide transportation, and any other way that they can help you. And the members of that committee, and again, it's been called, it's been entitled the Cancer and Illness Support Ministry, members of that committee... Jeannie Carver, Susan Carver, Jason Cash, Michelle Clayton, Norma Jean Kucher, Bill and Pat Gard, Desiree Jones, Wilder Reeves, and Dean and Marie Thomas. Now, one other thing I want to mention, um, and that is 
those that have volunteered to serve on the pulpit committee. For many years now, the church has had a standing pulpit committee, but they were never, um, never asked to serve. But knowing that uh, at the end of next year, I will retire uh, from being your pastor, uh, the pulpit committee will begin acting in the very near future. And I want you to be in prayer for these folks. Um, they're going to have a very important job. And I'm not talking about replacing me, about searching for the Lord's will in the next pastor of the church. But I think these folks would really desire your prayer support as your pulpit committee. And let me read the members, Carol Clayton, Fran Clayton, Kelly Davis, Linda Hatcher, Donnie Hubbard, Kim Wilbert, Chris Yarborough, and Steve Evans. And please just lift them up in prayer. Again, uh, a lot of things that will be happening, um, not only um, because of my retirement, but a lot of things are happening in the church. Churches uh, on a whole are, are struggling right now, I believe. We're living in a world that is very skeptical of not only the work and ministry of the church, but of the gospel. And folks, we've got to commit ourselves to being faithful to the Lord. There's something that I've found out that if we're faithful to him, he will be faithful to us. Amen. So I just want to encourage you, thank you for volunteering to serve. If you hadn't volunteered, there's a place that the Lord will use you. You don't have to be an expert in church work. If you did, I wouldn't have lasted a year, okay, because I am not an expert even after all these years. But I do believe that if he calls you, he'll provide for you to serve, and not only as a pastor but as a, as a committee member in a ministry of the church. So pray and ask God to continue to have his hand upon his work here at this church. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for all that have volunteered to serve you. God, I pray that you would bless us in this coming year. Lord, we don't know what we face, but we know that you will be faithful unto us. And God, I pray that you would just strengthen and prepare us for the year before us. God, whatever place of service that we're serving in, God, may we be found faithful. May we give it our best because you gave your best for us in giving your son. And Father, you have blessed this church throughout the decades. And I just pray, Father, that we'll continue to faithfully serve you. Bless us now as we open your word. And God, may your spirit speak to our hearts as we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me again read this passage of Scripture, okay? We're actually going to start today at verse 7, but let me, read, let me read these 10 verses, okay? Paul says, I must boast. There's nothing to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I wish to boast, I shall not be a fool, for I shall be speaking the truth but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. This is where we're going to begin today, verse 7. And to keep me from being too elated. And please notice he uses that phrase twice in verse 7 at the beginning, at the end. To keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was given. A gift is given, correct? A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated or too proud. Three times I, I besought the Lord about this, that it should lead me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with... Listen to these things that he's learned to be content with. And again, doesn't this sound like chapter 11 that we read a couple of Sundays ago? With weaknesses, insert, salts, 
hardships, persecutions, and calamities. When I am weak, then am I strong. Let me quickly go through this. Remember, we have defined grace as God's unmerited, free, spontaneous love for sinful man revealed and made effective in Christ Jesus. Grace can be defined also as God's riches at Christ's expense. All the Bible speaks about God's grace in Christ. The Old Testament points toward the cross. The New Testament gospels reveal the cross. And then the rest of the New Testament points back to the cross. And we have studied God's saving grace and God's grace that brings peace. And now we're on the third one, God's grace that leads us and upholds us through trials. And let me give you a simple outline of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. And, and if you'll go up to the next one, thank you, right there, okay? Just look at this very simple outline. In verses 1 through 6, God honored or encouraged Paul by allowing him to visit heaven and to have visions and revelations. And then in the next verses, verses 7 and 8, God humbled Paul by allowing Satan to give Paul a thorn in the flesh. And then in verses 9 and 10, God gave Paul his grace and power. And that's where we want to begin today, okay? Now, if you were here when we were looking at verses 1 through 6, there's a great contrast between the first six verses and the seventh and eighth verse. And let me quickly tell you what I mean by that. In verses 1 through 6, Paul talks about visions and revelations that he had been given by Christ. He also talks about being called up to the third heaven or to paradise, the abode of God. He also talks about hearing and seeing things that he could not tell. He saw the glory of God. He tasted the blessings of God in heaven. And folks, can you and I imagine the ecstasy of being in heaven with God the Father and God the Son? That is wonderful, isn't it? But folks, look at verse 7 and 8. Suddenly now, Paul finds himself suffering and in pain. And he is being buffeted by Satan on earth. He is in agony and he is struggling. And folks, let me point something out. When you and I are in agony and and, and struggling, it's going to show up where in our prayer life, isn't it? It's going to be hard to pray, isn't it, whenever things are just, just falling apart. And Paul says that he prayed and asked God three times to remove this thorn. And folks, here's the picture that I want you and I to understand. How can these two experiences go together? How can one moment, verses 1 through 6, Paul is in heaven, and the next moment he's got this thorn in the flesh? Well, folks, I think there's some things we need to understand. Paul's experience of God in heavenly glory prepared him for the coming experience of suffering. Not only the thorn in the flesh, but the trials and tribulations that we read in chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. And folks, Paul is learning that God was able to meet his every need, whatever the circumstance. And folks, and and a lot of this, Warren Wiersbe opened my eyes to this. Paul had gone to heaven, but God sent him back. And he began to suffer. But in that suffering, he learned that heaven came to him because the Lord Jesus Christ did not stay in heaven and say, you go back down to the earth and you suffer and I'll see you later on when you die when I take you to heaven. Whatever Paul was going through, Jesus was with him. And let me read this statement to you that that when I first read it, I just could not believe it. The Lord knows how to balance our lives. Just think about this for just a few minutes. If we only have blessings, we become proud. So God permits us to have burdens as well. Paul's great experience in heaven could have ruined his ministry on earth. That's... Look, just think about it for just a second. If every day everything went just lovely, do you think we would appreciate God? Don't you think we'd become proud and arrogant? Surely, 
And you remember Paul says that this had happened 14 years prior to this. During those 14 years, Paul could have went everywhere and said, Look at me. I've been to heaven. I'm better than the rest of you. Remember one of the greatest sins in the word of God is the sin of pride. When you and I think that we are worthy of God's blessing and God's goodness upon us, and when we get that way, what's the first thing we do? We take control. But what happens when we become proud? Listen to these, this verse, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before, say the next word with me, destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. And folks, I want to tell you, in my own life, I have found out that when I become proud and arrogant of who I think that I am, failure comes. So God, in his goodness, permitted Paul to be buffeted by Satan in order to keep him from becoming proud. And he says this twice in verse 7. He kept me from being too elated. And folks, that leads us to the question, why does God allow us as Christians to suffer? And folks, I can't fully explain this, but here are four reasons I believe God allows human suffering, even among his children. Number one, we suffer because we are human beings. Our bodies become invaded by diseases. And it's not because... We have sinned or done bad things. Some of the most godly people I have ever known have been seemingly the sickest. And folks, I want to tell you something. I'm really beginning to understand this better as I grow older. The same body that can bring us pleasure can also bring us pain, especially as we age. And apply that to some other things. The same family members and friends that bring us joy can also break our hearts. Amen? It is the human experience to suffer, whether it is physically or emotionally and sometimes spiritually. Number two, sometimes we suffer because we have acted foolishly and we have disobeyed God. And the result of our rebellion is affliction, And the way that God begins to deal with us is he chastens us in his love. Now, I'll be honest, I don't like this one a bit. You know, I wish God would just say, well, I'll just forgive you. There's not going to be any consequences of the poor decisions that you've made. But there's always consequences of sin and rebellion against God. But let me tell you the good thing. Let me read these verses to you out of Hebrews chapter 12. The writer of Hebrews says in If you'll go, Chris, to Hebrews uh, chapter 12, the next uh, frame on the overhead. Thank you. And listen to how this starts off. Consider him. Who is him? Jesus. Consider Jesus who endured for sinners from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And we might want to add in that are proud. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation, again, Chris, if you go to, okay, which addresses you as sons. And listen to these verses, and these verses are out of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage when you are punished by him. For the Lord disciplines him whom he loves and chastens every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? If you are without discipline in which all of you have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Should we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and lived? But they disciplined us for a short time at their pleasure. But he, now listen to this. This is why God disciplines us. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems Painful rather than pleasant, later it yields 
And if God has to discipline us for something, here is the yield, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And folks, what I'm trying to say is sometimes God allows us to suffer to get us back in line. And again, you're going to have to take this to God and let him explain it to you because how you might suffer, how I might suffer, it might be different. But God is at work in us trying to get us into his will. Suffering, number three, is also a tool that God uses for building godly character. You remember, I think it was the second or the third Sunday that we studied in Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. And let me read those verses again to you. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And listen to this formula. Remember, we said this is a formula. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering. Listen to this. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. Sometimes suffering as a believer is meant to build godly character within us. And folks, let me ask you a question. When do most of us draw closest to God? Isn't it in times of trials and suffering and even testing? Because you and I suddenly realize, I can't do this by myself. A fourth reason we suffer, Paul's thorn in the flesh was given to him to keep him from sinning and abandoning God's will for his life and for his ministry. Folks, having gone to heaven could have inflated his ego to the point that he would not allow God to use him. He could have been filled with pride. And you know, sometimes that happens to us, doesn't it? We get so proud of ourselves, we don't only not need God, but why should we serve him? And you see, for those 14 years, if, if God had not given him this thorn in the flesh, those 14 years would have been filled with failure instead of success. Because if Paul had become proud, you and I know what happens when we become proud, don't we? Look at James 4, 6. Listen to this. God opposes who? The proud, but gives grace to the humble. And, and let me just tell you, let me just tell you what James says, and this is repeated again in 1 Peter 5, 5. Folks, when you and I become proud as individuals, as we become proud as a church, and you know that's happening in our world today. Churches become proud of their buildings, their membership, their programs, sometimes their preacher. God's going to be in opposition. God does not like pride in his people. It is sin. Amen. And you see, God knew that if he allowed Paul to go around and talking about his visit to heaven, let's be honest. If we have a good service, do y'all go out bragging? Oh, this happened at church. We're about to pay our building off. Don't brag about that. Let me tell you what. God did it, not us. God used us. God provided for us. Do you see what's building up here? Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 14, 11. Listen to this. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. If we will fall on our knees before our precious Savior... He will exalt the work that we do for him. And folks, listen. What was Paul's work after he came back from heaven? He was to write many letters of the New Testament. He was to go on many missionary journeys. He was to preach many sermons. He was to establish many churches and visit them. And he also would face many dangers. But as Paul would do these things, many, many people would be one to faith in Jesus Christ. And it was important that Paul could, would not become proud. And folks, let's be honest. Isn't there a part of us that always wants to boast of ourselves? And so guess what God did? God allowed Paul to have a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan, 
to harass him. Now, do we really know what this thorn in the flesh was? And folks, let me point something out, and I did not know this, this until this week. The Greek word used for thorn means a sharp stake used for torturing or impaling someone. Therefore, this thorn must have been a very painful distress and suffering for Paul. There's a lot of speculation about what happened. Some think that Paul began to lose his eyesight because in Galatians 6, 11, as he would sign off on his letter, he, he, he said, see what big letters I'm using. Can you imagine a man like Paul beginning to lose his vision and not being able to make those journeys and go on those trips? But folks, the point is that God permitted this to happen. And folks, isn't that not one of the great questions? How and why does God allow suffering to come into our lives? And folks, I want to point something out. One of the great books in the Old Testament is the book of Job. Trying to explain why good people suffer. And I still don't understand, do you? Why would Paul be afflicted by Satan why would God permit that I've read this quote to you many times I believe but years ago David Jeremiah whom I I think is one of the greatest preachers of our day he in the I think it was the mid 90s he came down with cancer and and he thought his ministry was over and and he just could not understand that what seemed to be the pinnacle of his ministry that that God would allow him to have cancer. And as he began to undergo chemotherapy and all the side effects from that, he really sought the Lord about this thing. And one of the things that gave him strength, and this is in his book, A Bend in the Road, and this is a quote from an old theologian named Alan Redpath. And Alan Redpath had written this in one of his commentaries. There is nothing... No circumstance, no trouble, no testing that can ever touch me until, first of all, it has come past God and past Christ right through to me. If it has come that far, it has come with a great purpose. And David Jeremiah found that was the purpose. God had some purpose in him having cancer. And folks... You know, every time I read this, it just gets richer and richer to me. If there's suffering that comes into my life or trials or tribulations, God has a purpose. Now, perhaps we bring some of it on ourselves, but God has a purpose for us. And you remember, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and and I know them and they're in the palm of my hand. and, And we're all in the Father's palm of his hand. And folks, don't you see that God allowed Paul and Job and you and me to undergo many different struggles in life with a purpose that would help us know him better and know him closer. Let me, let me share this with you, and I'll stop this morning, okay? There are several ways that you and I can deal with suffering. Number one, we can become bitter and blame God. And that does happen. And, and it's so easy when we lose a loved one, isn't it? They say that's one of, the, that's one of the, the stages of grief is becoming angry. Why did this happen? And even become bitter with God and blame him. A second thing, we can give up. We're not willing to allow God to carry out his purpose and will in our suffering. You think right now about all the things that are discouraging about becoming a Christian or being a Christian and living a Christian. And I understand that more and more men, and I know that there are women in ministry too, that more and more men and women are leaving ministry because of the suffering that they're asked to go through. I'm not trying to single out the ministry. I'm sure Paul was tempted to just say, God, if it's going to cost me my eyesight to serve you, just forget it. And there's another 
way that we can react. We can grit our teeth and push on. And you might think, well, oh, that's good. No, it's not. And let me tell you why. If we push on in our own strength, it will lead to our collapse. I don't know how many of you like Star Wars. I love anything science fiction about space. And one of the lines in the first Star Wars was said by C-3PO. Now, some of y'all might say he's really gone crazy this morning, but C-3PO was one of the robots or androids and constantly being taken and captured. And he finally says, our lot in life is suffering. And he just surrendered to that. The rest of his life was going to be terrible, but he would just try and push on, do the best he could. But folks, if it is God's plan for you and I to undergo times of suffering, it has a purpose, and God will see us through it. And that's what I'm trying to bring us up to. His grace will bring us through it. And folks, let me, let me show you what Paul does. He doesn't become bitter and blame God. He doesn't give up. He doesn't try and do this in his own strength. But he prays in verse 8 to God three times and asks God to take it from him. And folks, I think that's the right prayer at times. God, please take this from me. But Paul brings it to the Lord. Paul is asking for healing that it should leave me. And this is all right for us to pray, but with an understanding that we are going to submit ourselves to God. And whatever his will is, we want that will to be done. But folks, here's the miracle of all of this. Paul asked God. He is now being humbled And he realizes that whatever this thorn in the flesh is, that he cannot handle it himself. So he takes it to God. And folks, I'm going to close at this point. But listen to Jesus' answer. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. You know, I've read that verse many, many times, but not with this understanding. Jesus is saying, first of all, I know you're suffering. But I've got a plan. And my grace, my unlimited, spontaneous love for you is sufficient for what you're going through. And I've never noticed this, that God links his power with his grace. I'll not only give you peace of heart and mind that you can endure this, but I will give you the power to be victorious in it. Folks, I want to tell you, I believe, I don't know exactly when this happened in Paul's life, but I believe that this was one of the greatest moments in his life when he realized that whatever you and I face in life, and even when we feel that Satan is trying to to destroy us or knock us down. God's got this message of grace and power. You know, I I believe churches go through cycles. Everything goes good, everything goes bad. Everybody's happy, everybody's angry. You know, there's some times that all of us feel so close to God and then feel so far away from God. But God is working it all out. And if we just turn to Him, even if we can't understand why, Because, you see, one day we'll know why. And I'm looking forward to that. I've got some questions I want to ask God. And I don't think he's going to be mad at me. He's going to say, Herbert, I just had to wait. You would have understood it. You'd have corrupted my will for your life if you would have understood. Folks, I hope and pray the word of God is speaking to your heart this day. Let me close with reading the final verse that I was going to read to you. You know, I don't know how when people read uh, Paul's writings, they think, well, he was just a really great, good guy, and he was just, uh, he just a smart man. Paul was a smart man. He was a good guy. But you know what? He had walked with Jesus. And this is what he found out. Romans eight twenty eight. you know this verse. We know that in everything, 
God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. God works for good. And you know why? It's his grace. He loves us so much. Whatever you might be suffering or going through right now, please know his grace is sufficient. Let's pray together. Lord, I just pray that you speak through your word. Lord, I thank you for the faith of your people that I've seen, Lord, going through times of testing and trial and suffering. I thank you that they have remained faithful to you. I thank you that they've found it is not in their own strength, but in your strength that they're able to make it. Thank you for your grace, Father, that holds us up in times of suffering and trial. And I pray that if there be those here today that are struggling, God, they would hear you say to them, my grace is sufficient and my power is made perfect in weakness. Lord Jesus, I pray for those that might have not yet trusted your Son as Savior, that you would lead them to do that. And God, again, I just thank you, Lord. You're such a faithful God. Lord, we can't love you enough because of all the love that you shower on us daily. Father, please bless this church and keep us faithful, Father. Keep us always humbly before you, seeking to find something else we can do in Jesus' name to help others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn today is number 433, I Surrender All. As God leads you, would you come? Let us stand.